Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 621 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where we promise to at least talk about PlayStation for 25% of the time. Uh, we actually have a lot of big PlayStation news this week, and an unexpected guest, one might say a former nemesis in our midst, but a friend now. Yeah, Brian Altano. That's, uh, it's it's going to be here. Hey, Brian. I hate you guys. Good to see you. It's true. Uh, also joining us this week is Max Scoville. Hey. And host of IGN's podcast, Unlocked. Yes, you heard that right. The Xbox podcast. Ryan McCaffrey. You're here. And thanks not, for having me. I thought it was an Xbox water bottle. You were, it's a Jedi Fallen Order. But still good yeah, choice. Multi-platform Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us this week. More than happy to be here. Uh, we've, of course, brought you on to talk about the crazy MLB The Show news that we'll get to a little bit later in the show. Uh, there's actually been a lot of PlayStation news, not just from the state of play, but we'll cover that. We'll cover some of our Game of the Year news here at IGN now that those are all out of the way, along with some other PlayStation news, what we've been playing. There's so much to go over this week, but before we begin, I did want to follow up on last week's show. We asked you at home to tell us some of your favorite games from each PlayStation home console generation. We went over oh. ours on the show. Uh, Ryan, if you want to think of yours while I read some, feel free you to. You got it. I've uh, already got a couple in mind. Perfect. Uh, we asked you both on YouTube and on Facebook, and a bunch of you wrote in. So I'm going to read some of these, uh, just going through them pretty rapidly. Uh, James O'Donnell on YouTube said, PS1 Metal Gear Solid, PS2 Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, my favorite Pro Skater, PS3 The Last of Us, and PS4 The Bloodborne. So you've made no enemies at this table. That's true. That's a good list. Uh, Psycho First, I think, said PS1 Tenchu, PS2 Okami, PS3 Journey, and PS4 Spider-Man slash God of War. I know I'm cheating. I have a story why. For convenience, I'll paste the details here. Uh, it's a long story that we may actually do as a memory card later, so I'll go back to that. Uh, moving on from that one, VG Junkie said... Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, so a good friend of Max's, Valkyria Chronicles, and Monster Hunter World. Uh, moving on from that. That's like a friend I drifted apart from in high school. <laughs> uh, that guy, Norm, said Metal Gear PS1, Prince of Persia PS2, Dead Space PS3, and The Witcher PS4. That was for multiplat for exclusives. Crash Bandicoot, Jack 2, The Last of Us, and God of War. Uh, I'm going to move over to the Facebook group, but while I do, Ryan... Do you have a favorite from each gen? Sure do. Uh, so I didn't own any consoles in the PS1 generation. I was a PC-only guy at Ooh. that point in time. So, What was your favorite bad PC port available on PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> was it Time Commando? It's a good call. Uh, no, but P PS2 is the, the game that, that... Seriously, it's, like, it's one of those games that uh, I think everybody gets a few of them in their life where they're just like a fundamental paradigm shift either for the industry or at least for you. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 was that for me, and that's the it, it's that was my PS2 killer app. I, a friend of mine brought it over, and I I literally went out and bought a PlayStation 2 because of that game. Oh wow! Uh, played it so much. I have so many fond memories of it. So, and on the PS3 side, Heavy Rain. I love Heavy Rain. I've yeah. always loved Ooh, that game. I think that Max picked that as well. Yeah, yeah. we talked about yeah. that last week. Love it. And then uh, PS4. Yeah, I'd have to go with God of War. I mean, it's, yeah, it's probably the best game of this entire generation, period, regardless of platform. If not, it's on an extremely short list. And no, it's a good list. Yeah, it's good stuff. You get to stay. Uh, moving <laughs> to the Facebook Beyond group, Yair from the group, a friend of the show, said, Beyond PS1, Muppets Monster Adventure, uh, which is related to a story like that he told. Uh, PS2, GTA San Andreas, PS3, Mass Effect 2, PS4, God of War, which might be my favorite game ever, he said. 
Uh, Liz in the group said PS1 RE2, PS2 Silent Hill 2, PS3 Uncharted 2, mm, and for PS4 the broke the chain and said Spider-Man and God of War, I can't split them, <laughs> which is a running theme on the show. Uh, Isaac said Tomb Raider 2 for PS1, Res or Eco for PS2, Uncharted 2 for PS3, and Horizon Zero Dawn for PS4. Uh, I'll just go for one or two more. Angelo said, get ready for this, MGS, MGS3, MGS4, and Bloodborne. Uh, and then last but not least, we'll do Christian, who said PS1 Resident Evil is a tempting answer and certainly a major milestone, but went with Abe's Odyssey, uh, which saw far more run-throughs. Uh, PS2 went for GameCube instead, said thank God for remasters. PS3, Uncharted 2 has to be, and PS4, Uncharted 4 until recently, but Red Dead 2 has recently knocked it from its perch. Uh, we had a lot more of you running down all of your favorites from Generations, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about more of our favorites from the generation when we get to the PS6. I kept waiting for one of those people to go the full just MGS on every one, two, platform. Three, four, yeah. Like yeah. Up through five. I mean, like, yeah. Bloodborne's awesome, but, like, what... I mean, and I also no, get no, that's it. A, that's the, yeah. You can start, stop the sentence in the middle there. That's, yeah. Bloodborne's awesome. I'm like, oh, but Metal <laughs> Solid is five is... Oh, well, I understand why you might be upset with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but thank you for everyone who wrote in for those of you who did read on the show and those who didn't, uh, I've been reading all of them and it's awesome to see everyone re reminiscing and having a great time doing so just like we did. Did anybody mention week. uh Pacific storm uh, or motor storm Pacific rim frost, whatever <laughs> it's called <laughs> Sierra mist Pacific frost, <laughs> whatever I played that game, motor storm, uh, Del Toro's. <laughs> they did not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving on from that though. Uh, I do want to get to, I think the biggest news bit of the week uh this extended state of play news crunch that we're just going to jump into and we're short on time so brian give me a really quick version of the jingle da 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 da, da. i'm loving it perfect crunch uh <laughs> the state of play sued, eh, don't worry about it uh today december 10th as we're recording the show was the fourth and final state of play from playstation of this year one beset by a couple of leaks but had some pretty great stuff nonetheless i'm gonna run down everything that was announced in case you've missed it and then we can talk about some of the biggest stuff from the top untitled goose game confirmed for ps4 and for xbox as well uh, yes. it's on game pass on xbox uh, but on ps4 you can get it on both systems on december 17th Spellbreak was shown, which is a magic-based battle royale, so basically Harry Potter battle royale, I'll take that, uh, that's been in alpha testing on PC, coming in closed beta on PS4 in spring 2020. Dreams is transferring from its early access days to a full release on February 14th next year, uh, which will then finally include the full story campaign that they've talked about before. Superliminal, which is this really cool uh, first-person puzzle game that we've seen before. It's been out on PC, but it's getting a PS4 release next year. Paper Beast is a PSVR game from the makers of Another World coming in Q1 2020. Uh, the Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind DLC, which leaked last week, was confirmed for a January 23rd release on PS4 and a February 25th release on Xbox. Uh, moving on from that, excuse me, Predator Hunting Ground got a, where is that date? April 24th release date for PS4. Uh, coming to PS4 and PC. You played that, right? I've played it at PAX. Yeah. yeah I actually had a really lot of fun with it. Uh, this Max and I played it at Comic-Con. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It um, They showed more versions of the Predators and basically the different armor and weapons that you'll be able to equip them with. Babylon's Fall, which is a Platinum Games and Square Enix collaboration announced two E3s ago that we really haven't seen, uh, was confirmed to show us more next year 
uh, which pushes it out of its original 2019 release window. Uh, we're expecting more info next summer. Uh, and then the big two at the beginning and end, or the end, uh, RE3 Remake was confirmed as a fun little tease for the Project Resistance campaign. Uh, Project Resistance, that multiplayer beta that Capcom announced recently, is going to be the multiplayer component of RE3, which is getting a full remake and comes out April 3rd next year. I really love how they teed that up. I thought it was really cute. To be like, yeah. oh, it's the story uh, campaign for this like weird experimental multiplayer thing we're doing. What could it be? And then like they saw started pulling on the string a little bit and I'm like oh that's very Resident Evil 3 oh that's very oh wow that's a pretty big story <laughs> oh my god it's just Resident, Resident Evil, Evil 3, 3 the entire game and last but not least a Ghost of Tsushima teaser for a teaser trailer uh, there's going to be a Ghost of Tsushima full trailer at the Game Awards on Thursday December 12th uh, so we'll get more of that it's nice to see confirmation of that uh, it just ended with a to be continued message so we'll have to find out more about that then but I think the first talking point that we should get to from all of this is RE3. Finally confirmed, finally shown off in some respect. There was another video that went up that was essentially like a developer diary of the game coming together. Um, what did you all think of that reveal trailer, especially after the leaks and everything? It looked great. Um, I So I, I'll be honest, I've not been historically a big Resident Evil fan because, uh, again, I never had a PS1. And then on PS2, I just didn't play them. Uh, my first Resident Evil, and I know like your audience is going to laugh at me for this, and that's fine. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm here to be the, the clown. Uh, RE5, when it came to 360, was my first one. I, I co-op through the whole thing with Mitch Dyer and had I had a fantastic. Like I loved the game. It was so much fun in co-op. And then RE6 was decidedly not good, uh, <laughs> but I'm now sort of like turned on to it. And RE2 is my game of the year ballad here at IGN. Control one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it came down for me to to control Jedi Fallen Order and RE2. I had a great, great time yeah. with the Resident Evil 2 remake. And this is RE, this one's going to be the, the three. is It's the same engine, same, you know, over the shoulder. It's going to feel super familiar for anybody that's played RE2 remake. And, yeah, I love that the 4v1 thing is just the multiplayer component of this. Uh, and I can't, like, I'm also amused by the fact that 4v1 was tried like at the beginning of this generation and it seemed like the industry and the community just everyone rejected it wholesale and but now it's like come back and it's it's thriving and it's working and tom marks said a really great line a few months back on the show that evolve slipped so that other 4v1 games could run like yeah like it slipped and fell so that all these like like people tried to go that way and got canceled right there were a few of them i like to think that we've all made more friends over this last console generation (laughs) maybe it's thanks to all like the social the social side of the sharing back in the day we had we had like maybe like three friends we could do four player co-op and now it's like no we got one more friend who we kind of hate we're all gonna try to shoot him (laughs) i want to say you're sort of excused for not playing a bunch of the old re games because i feel like a lot of those you kind of had to be in the moment for um and a lot of them didn't really age well i mean i think if you grew up playing games with like tank controls like that revisiting them was pretty easy it was second nature but playing a game like that with sort of like weird third person tank controls and limited inventory and like you know like just movement in those games in general is pretty cumbersome in retrospect. Uh, they were kind of hard to go back to. So I, I think that Resident Evil 4 and by extension 5 and you know by Tragedy 6 <laughs> was a lot of people's first jumping off point yeah. for that franchise. And that's kind of okay. I think you sort of get a pass on that. Um, Thank you. That said, uh, <laughs> 3 was never really my favorite of the classic ones. I always loved the original because of the sort of diehardy, self-contained environment thing, which got a pretty pixel-perfect remake in, in Remake. Um, 
Two kicked ass. That was the first game that really stretched that game outside of its limits of being self-contained and put it all over a city. And three, to me, always felt like, and this is, I'm going to get, I'm going to get crap, crap for this. Three always felt like DLC to two for me. It always felt sort of like, almost to, to the nature of like recycled assets, kind of an extension of... Kind of a 1.5 version. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Which was very common during that era and nowadays had... Had three launched for the first time after two, people would be like, oh, this is a ripoff. This should be DLC. It should be free. Why is this a $60 thing? That said, it's got a lot of really cool themes in it and a lot of really cool weapons in it. Um, I really like the way it sort of handles the city that isn't completely torn to pieces yet. There's still survivors. There's still hope in Raccoon City during this this era and this time. And uh, it expands sort of on that giant horrible you know michael myers-esque creature tearing apart the city and chasing you uh and very much breaking through walls and catching you off guard a lot uh, so i think this game's going to kick ass for a lot of people also the fact that we're getting it so soon is really really cool. april 3rd as if the first half of 2020 wasn't busy enough yeah right we when, get this when is cyberpunk april 16th it's yeah. a week well, before so, so april yeah. now has this predator and cyberpunk and it's just yeah already and there's becoming crazy isn't there's stuff coming out in March too? I think. Oh yeah, March oh, yeah. is big Doom. too. March has Doom, yeah. Animal and Crossing, Animal Crossing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, together at last. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff coming out next year already. Yeah. So I'm, part of me is like, oh, uh, when am I going to find time to play this? But I'm excited about this because I don't. I have very clear and fond memories of RE2 as a kid. Uh, I don't remember anything about. I don't think I ever saw Resident Evil 3 in action. Like I think I just kind of missed that one entirely. I think you did, but you probably just thought it was two. Because they look, they're like, <laughs> no, no I mean, they're like visually yeah. identical no, I know in, that, in a lot I, of ways. Like, I, I don't know. I distinctly remember like, you know, the, like, you know, tyrant wandering around and dogs jumping through windows and stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, liquors and all that. And I don't remember, like, I remember seeing Nemesis and being like, that is a cool design. And then not really knowing the context there. Yep. Uh, so I'm excited to go into like, I mean, again, to have sort of that deja vu of, of RE2 remake, it's, it's going to be cool to go into something that I don't have that at all for. Uh, yeah, you also like you played through four for the first time this year, yeah, and, and you finished two, which is like I think like you you get it now, mm-hmm. you know, like you kind of understand that language, and I think that like, and I've said this before, and I kind of you know got crap for it, uh, but this brings us one step closer to Resident Evil Four getting a full on remake, and I know it doesn't need one. I play that game once a year, I agree, but yes, it does. But it would mean, be that great. Would be, yeah, that would be a cool one to see, like what they choose to tweak and what they choose to update and how you approach that game. You know, adding enough new sort of bells and whistles because because it has aged so well. Like, what do you need to do to really make it, you know, feel modern? Yeah, so. I mean, even if it's just sort of a visual overhaul with some quality of life improvements that get rid of some of the sort of finickiness of it, yeah. um, it's good to go. I, I think like that's one of the best paced games ever made. People I, would be pretty happy with that if it was yeah. just more of a visually focused. Yeah, I, yeah. I've spent I've spent a lot of this generation on Unlocked, uh, rant, just ranting about. Capcom. I've, I've really, <laughs> uh, until recently, they've, they've turned, but they spent the entire, the first probably three years of this generation literally admitting, like in their financial reports, like our, we're just doing our back catalog. Like they yeah. weren't making anything new. And I, it was so frustrating to me because the 360 PS3 generation, they did so much awesome stuff. So many new things. Street Fighter 4 and Lost Planet and Dead Rising and uh, just on and on. And they did a lot of great stuff. And uh, so I'm, I'm, now they're they're doing the full on remakes, which don't make me mad because uh, they're actually they are f- like from the ground up. They are they're you know 1990s and 2000s games, but completely redone with a 
you know, 21st century sensibility. So, yep. yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if three is as successful as two clearly was, that four is absolutely in play for a, a four. Yeah, it would I be mean, a next-gen thing. Totally. So yeah. who knows how beautiful that will be. can't even think yeah. about that. Um, but also Dino Crisis. Also that Dino too. Crisis. Yeah. I honestly don't think that that's like out of the realm. out of the realm anymore yeah yeah i think this this engine that they're working with right now kicks so much ass and it's obviously easy enough for them to use that they were able to crank out resident evil 3 in a year or well a year they or must two? have had a second team right yeah no way. Yeah, yeah this this definitely was in some sort of production state before re2 came out but i'd imagine then everyone sort of shifted over yeah that makes yeah. a lot of sense that. but I, i'm so excited about how nemesis looks yeah. I feel like they took that incredibly 90s design and somehow made it look more 90s, mm-hmm. but modern. Like it's He's, he's covered like in like caution stickers and like he's pipes. Got, it's he's, great. He's got like the giant long like Sam Keith teeth, like the Max or like a <laughs> like it's just like a weird old like like image comics drawing. Yeah. And it's yeah. so gross and I love it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to say that. The first look at everything has looked very cool for me as someone who's never played RE3 at all. What I thought was interesting about that reveal trailer was it blended between first person and third person action. And so I couldn't tell if that's what the game was going to be. So much of it was in first person. There was another gameplay video that shows it's third person primarily, but RE7 kind of brought me into the series for the first time and I loved that first person gameplay. Right. So I wouldn't like the wouldn't mind them taking another stab at that, but we'll see what happens. Uh in addition to RE3 did one of course mention briefly Ghost of Tsushima. We got that very brief brief teaser. I'm I'm just happy we're seeing this game again. It's me too. not since E3 2018 where they showed us that gameplay demo, it's basically been radio silence. It yeah. feels like it's time. That may that makes me think that we're almost definitely going to get a release date this week. Do you think we you will? You think so? I, I'm on the fence. I, no, I, I don't know because it's. I assume it's after The Last of Us, so I don't know if they want to wait a little bit into next year to announce that release date. Otherwise, you leave yourself open to a potential, you know, nine month hanging release date. Like, what do you do there? I do right. need something to do between RE3 and Cyberpunk. So, I mean, that's like true. That week, is, that week, three days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I still think, and I'm probably, I'm sure, I'm going to end up very wrong, but it, this, it feels to me that that uh, this is going to be a day one launch title for for PS5. I hope you're it, right. It is going to come out on PS4. They've yeah, said that. Yeah, they even reconfirmed but, in the state of play they were very adamant of like coming yeah. to PS4. But yeah. I just it feels to me like it's a new IP. It's from one of your major first party studios who have you've you've talked about before Jonathan yeah. that it, this is a studio that's been quiet for a long long time. Like it, it feels to me like if it's if it's a PS5 launch title, again, yes, yeah, still out on PS4, but it can be a big fish in a small pond at launch whereas if they're trying to launch a new IP, you know, in let's say it's August, it does like the Splinter Cell Blacklist thing where it comes out at the very tail end of the generation. Yeah. Then it's like, eh, maybe it's just gonna kinda get lost among the the, the next gen build up. So I don't know. Right. I, I, I'm I'm thinking I'm my gut tells me day one PS five, but I'm probably wrong. No, I, I hope you're right. I hope it's sort of a, a Breath of the Wild situation. This is this is a this is a studio that helped launch the current PlayStation, you know, with yeah. Second Son, yeah, yeah, Second Son, which was like one of my favorite, one of the most sort of fully polished. I would say like that. That was the the thing where you brought people over to be like, look what the PS4 could do, you know, just like it's like, oh, this this man with like a like a hat can run up the side of a building, <laughs> get the rocks out of his grandmother's legs, like all the fun stuff that that game. Provided. That was a weird I, side mission. It's yeah. a weird. No, no, that's the plot I of that know, game. I know. Uh, no, I really, I really like what that studio does. I do hope that it's one of those things that bridges. This is going to be a weird sort of swan song year for consoles in general because I, I don't remember like the last time we've had the sort of tail end of a console be this packed 
with stuff. Usually people are just like itching to move on. They're holding projects back until the launch of the next thing. That seems to be the opposite case right now. I don't know. In 2013, we did get The Last of Us, Grand Theft Auto V, Splinter Cell Blacklist. That's like, true. Not there, were some, there were some biggies. But yeah, that was with, the year. With there, the but... like, full catalog of everything we know, let alone whatever we don't know about coming next year. Like yep. This does feel like with potential to be the greatest year of this generation. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah, yeah there's it's it's go we're going out with a bang before yeah. these I, new consoles. I do come. think this will be up there with like one of the greatest swan song years for for any console generation ever. Yeah. And it's just insane. The fact that we're like talking about a 3 week window this this packed and trying to figure mm -hmm. out where six other games <laughs> Yeah. Are. I'm wondering if there's if there's some market research that tells them that like people are pretty happy with this generation still or that they're like we have like this big of a of a of an audience already like why you know why start pushing stuff to next gen? Like you can kind of milk the people who are already you know on this on this console generation. Like and I mean, what what is clearly like backwards compatibility is going to come into play too? So. Collective numbers between what Switch, Xbox, and PS4 in in terms of like user base right now. What is that? Oh like? well, what is it? What are we? A hundred million? Oh, we're at a hundred million with and, PS4. What, what's the Switch? Switch like? total. I'm going to look thirty or forty. I think Xbox, it's around. I think it's around the yeah. same, isn't it? Thirty, forty, fifty. Yeah. Roughly, yeah, Microsoft yeah. stopped something. Giving out numbers. Yeah, so. the latest Microsoft number was sort of I think a like guesstimate based on some financial returns that a few mm -hmm. analysts put together. But yeah, we're looking at like 40 million maybe. Uh, yeah. There. So, yeah. I, I would say an exceptionally safe bet is to assume that there will be 200 current, 200 million, not 200, <laughs> 200 consoles, 200 million current gen consoles. And that is the most conservative number I can pitch out by this time next year. And so, yeah, why make a next gen game? Yeah. Why you only know? do that unless you have the money behind it? Yeah. So yeah I, I wouldn't be shocked if I think Ghost being amplified on PS5 is, one, great for that game, so it doesn't get buried when people are pushing for the PS5, but two, that game, when we saw it last year uh, at E3, all of us were like, how is that on a PS4? Yeah. So I, I would not be surprised if that studio has the desire to really push this game. At, at some point, some of these games are going to have to sort of be the ones that step up and start twisting some arms for why we do need to buy a new console next year. Yeah. Because if you look at the first half of next year, you'd probably be like, I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm comfortable. I don't need anything else. If you were, obviously we are going to cover all of those games, but if you were just a consumer out there who's looking for good games to play, next year will probably give you like three years worth of stuff to oh play. Right. And yeah. significant price drops on, on all the biggest games from this from this generation and all the consoles from this generation. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. Yeah. They're going to, somebody, a bunch of, a bunch of games are going to have to really step in and be like, this is why you need a PlayStation I mean, 5. And, Microsoft's and planted their flag with that. They are, they're attempting to do that with Halo. Yeah. Halo infinite they're saying day one launch title for scarlet hopefully it's gonna return halo to its glory days and and that's the fun part like in 2020 we're gonna find out what those games are yeah from on sony we have no idea what sony's yep. gonna put out I mean, next we're year. pretty we we can pretty much uh be assured it won't be kill zone again like yeah, with the ps4 because yeah. that studio is a little busy with uh with their new thing yeah with a little, yeah, people, little something called horizon zero dawn people didn't mind that game um <laughs> so, it's gonna be fun to see what first party stuff sony goes for at launch yeah yeah it's very interesting especially this year uh, or this state of play uh felt like it was very much like hey don't forget in the beginning of next year we're still around doing stuff like we know you know about ps5 but here's what we're still doing uh and i do just want to briefly mention a specific thing with dreams i love that the game is finally finally coming out in a full release uh if you didn't get in on the early access anyone who purchased it in early access will get upgraded to the full version when it comes out for free no uh, additional issue there otherwise you can buy the full game uh that part's awesome but to also celebrate that community 
Uh, PlayStation Media Molecule announced the Impy Awards. Impy is the little spirit thing that follows you around. Uh, happening in January next year. You can nominate creators in Dreams right now for a lot of these awards. Creator of the Year, Dream of the Year, Best Visuals, Best Narrative, etc. Uh, and you can nominate people right now and then there will be voting done by the community. Uh, one of the podcasts beyond community's finest, Dan Cool. uh, K-U-H-L, last name, uh, is makes Ooh. amazing stuff in Dreams and doesn't just make our great uh, Facebook Podcast Beyond group banners. Uh, he has been putting so much amazing work into Dreams, so please go nominate him. Please go jump into the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. Check out his work. It's all throughout there. It deserves the praise. It deserves the attention. It's so good. He basically is creating like a weapon arsenal for people and it's amazing what he has put together it's on amazing. top of all the other stuff he's quick on. Uh, quick shameless plug that's relevant to this topic i had uh phil harrison on my my monthly interview show ign unfiltered yeah and phil harrison was of course the the head of uh, he was an executive at sony at playstation for many years uh he he tells a cool anecdote in that episode if you're curious to check it out about how um media molecule gave the coolest pitch for a game <laughs> that he'd ever seen for little big planets, so. I, I could imagine. Yeah, those those guys are endlessly creative. That studio is amazing. Um, Dreams is out on February fourteenth in full. So Ooh. Valentine's Day, same day as the Sonic movie. Same day as the Sonic. It's movie. a great day for people <laughs> who make weird art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope someone in early access right now is working on their own version of the Sonic movie in Dreams. Make them hideous again. I want to see <laughs> release the Snyder cuts. Um, other than that, I think those are the biggest things out of the state of play. Anything else that really grabbed any of your attentions from the uh, show? Not to throw shade, but it, they are shamelessly just grabbing the Nintendo Direct visual format. I feel like they started off state of plays with like sort of their own identity. Yeah, that was kind of aping Nintendo a little bit, and that I, I feel like the like the gloves are off. Just gets on that. closer and closer. Yeah. yeah, which is great. It's a great format. I mean, I hope Xbox steals it next. Well, that's the thing is that we the inside Xbox things feel. And I know a, a lot of a lot of time and energy and hard work by people goes into it, but. They feel too long and overproduced. Like, there's a reason that Sony is aping the direct format because it works. Yeah. yeah. Like, it totally works. It's just like 20 minutes, give me what I need to know. No, now we're not messing around with hosts or teleprompter guests or anything. And just like, here you go. Yeah. No, I mean, for clarity, I woke up at 5.45 this morning. I made a cup of coffee and I got into bed and opened my laptop to watch that. And I think that that would have been a very different experience had it been like a 90 minute mumbly half podcast thing like Sony attempted at E3 two years ago. Yeah, that was a nightmare. And seeing what they've done with State of Play, I think has kind of been a like direct reaction to that E3 conference. No pun and intended. The, yeah. Uh, and the sort of ire they took from fans of like what was that it not only obfuscated the games and the people making them that we wanted to see but it just didn't work yeah um i would say for me with this one i do think it is overall like leaks aside i think the best paced uh state of play in terms of the releases and like the magnitude of them i think they've erred either on the side too much of hey the last of us is at the end of this so for the next 20 minutes it's going to be a lot of really small games that even if they look cool the audience may not care about as much or they lean too much into VR for an episode, or, you know, I, I think they are still trying to figure out what the pacing of this is, but in terms of, like, scale, showing big games, showing a franchise people know, I think this state of play really worked well. I think it's, like, it's an absolute triumph to be able to tout cohesion in a video that started with an animated goose <laughs> and ended with, like, you know, a bunch of people killing zombies and then, like... A samurai for a, samurai. a second. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the only thing for me that I think they can really improve on still is 
continuing to ape the direct format and get rid of the VO as much as possible. Uh, like Nintendo has almost made VO just into little log lines on the screen. Yep. Whereas I felt like the VR, the VO here was too obtrusive, too impressed with the its writing. Like mm-hmm. it felt proud of its puns, and I wish they would just let the game shine rather than the narrative that the show is building. Just w- showed the gameplay. <laughs> it was it was chipper, but again, that could have been because it was six a.m. our time, yes, and I yeah. wasn't ready for that yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. But overall, I do feel like this was probably the best state of play for me personally. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see where the format goes next year. Um, do we think, obviously I think they're going to stick with state of plays next year. Do we all, now that we have four state of plays in the books, we're looking to 2020. What do we feel about their chances of returning to E3? So versus doing state of plays. I was actually thinking about this by this time last year, they had canceled their E3 plans for the, for the upcoming E3. Yeah. Which they haven't done yet. But they haven't announced they're coming back either. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll be back. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a it's a big year next gen push. Microsoft's gonna be there doing their next gen push. Uh, yeah, I, I think the the twenty nine in hindsight, the twenty nineteen absence did make a lot of sense for them. You know, they would have just been treading over the same ground. They, they didn't you know it wouldn't have probably wouldn't have ended well for them in, in the grand scheme of things, but there, there's a lot on the line next year, so I think they're not going to skip E3 again. Yeah, yeah sure. totally agree. I mean, next year, that's that's when you get out to the Newsweeks and the you know the Wired USA and Today like, and USA. Yeah, you 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 swing big. Um, they weren't at E3 this year, and it it you know it was business as usual for us in terms of interviewing people and covering games and stuff like that. But something definitely felt amiss. Yeah, you know something. It definitely that you know the the their time slot. Going to Xbox was just it just it went to Square. Oh, it went to Square. That's yeah, right. it went to Square. It just fell off. Like I was like, it's, where's where's PlayStation? Like, yeah, that and PlayStation then just right the now? the change in the show floor. It felt different, and I hope they do come back regardless of state of play throughout the year. That hopefully just give us the gameplay teases and the trailers that we want in between. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, there is a ton of news that we have to cover outside of the state of play. Uh, the biggest one I'm going to get to first was a really big <laughs> surprise uh, last night before recording. Uh, just out of nowhere, MLB, uh, the show, has now become, in the future, a multi-platform game. Um, Sony, uh, of course, exclusive first-party developer, San- uh, Sony San Diego, has been developing the game since 2006. Uh, however, the MLB and PlayStation jointly announced that yesterday uh, that as of as early as 2021, MLB the show will be coming to other console platforms. Now, they didn't state which exactly in that announcement, but both Xbox and Phil Spencer quote tweeted that and the Nintendo of America account quote tweeted that press release. So chances are MLB the show in 2021 or further will be available on Scarlet and Switch or Switch 2.0, whatever it is. That makes me feel like it's definitely going to happen because like Xbox had a human man tweet that out and he's free to do whatever he wants. Nintendo is like one of the most historically buttoned up companies in the industry and for them to tweet out like a baseball emoji and like a thumbs up or whatever, like that means like I definitely feel like something's happening. So Ryan, you and I were talking about this before air. Uh, the our running theory is that the reason that it played out that way and wasn't coming to Xbox and Nintendo is more from the Sony side than the MLB side. Yeah, probably not be, uh, wanting so to name that. I brought. I was gonna do a, an actual spit take <laughs> bit for this, but then I like. I if I wasn't sitting on the end, so I would have just been. It would have not ended well. <laughs> Brian or me. So it's like all right, I'll skip that. But but this, I mean, I this completely 
came out of left field on oh, me. That's yeah. why I brought you on. <laughs> no, I really was. I, I mean, I had completely given up hope of of Xbox ever getting a uh, a, a, a simulation baseball game because there is RBI baseball, which MLB develops and publishes themselves. Yeah. with an in-house team, uh, but it's a it's. It's a game. It's on mobile and Xbox and PlayStation. It's it's an, an arcadey arcade. kind of game. Yeah. It's it's not a hardcore you know sim realistic game, and uh, I mean this is this is literally the best possible outcome for I think everyone. You know even if you're a, a Sony fan because so if you're if you're MLB and as we said MLB was seemingly the one that that made this happen because yeah. I can't imagine Sony volunteered. It was probably part of the terms of renewing the licensing agreement with MLB where they said, well, you know what, you know, they're because they're looking at the NBA. They're looking at the NFL whose whose video games, their brand is on every video game platform. MLB doesn't have that in a in a significant way. So, um, you know, MLB, the show is great. But it's and it is on the number one platform. But it's you're still what what we just say. We're leaving out. For 80 million people, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, 80 million gamers. So, uh, but also for, they're leaving you out because you love <laughs> Xbox and baseball. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, the, the, I thought I, I have literally asked uh, executives at EA like, hey, is uh, MVP ever going to come back around? Because <laughs> interestingly, the, the way the deal works, the seeds of this, I won't bore you all with the explanation now, but the seeds of the baseball situation being what it is with video games goes back to EA signing the exclusive NFL license for Madden. And it's, I won't take you on that walk. I did it on Unlocked, if yeah. you want to hear it uh, on there this week. But um, the point is, uh, it's MLB clearly went, hey, we want our brand everywhere. You guys make a great game. We're, we want to renew this deal with you and stay in business with you, but... We want this everywhere. So, you know, Sony basically, I mean, they had to agree to it to keep the license, but they win because just like Microsoft with Minecraft, Sony will get a cut. They'll get a piece of every single copy sold for Xbox no and matter Switch. What platform. So they win. Uh, Microsoft wins by getting f- finally a gr- uh, not only any baseball game, any sim baseball game, but the best one. Same thing with, with Nintendo. And uh, obviously MLB wins. They get the brand out there. And most of all, just baseball fans, baseball video game fans win because you don't have necessarily, you know, if you don't have to have a PlayStation platform right. anymore. So it's just, this is the, I could not have foreseen it going this way, but this, <laughs> it really does make a lot of sense. And it's, I just could not be happier about this. Do, it's so great. Do you think this is sort of symbolic of the walls coming down about exclusivity no. in general? No, only because, and I don't say that as a knock at Sony or anything, but I just, I, I do believe until we hear definitively otherwise that, that it was MLB that wanted this, right. not Sony, because right. you know, why would Sony willingly, I mean, okay, yeah, they, they probably, they would make more money as, a, but they probably wouldn't necessarily be super eager to given their history with mm-hmm. sharing they probably weren't eager to to give up one of their first party exclusives that's so well well liked as well. So yeah, totally. I mean, ultimately, you do want to create system sellers and you want to make things like that justify the purchase and make people. And, want to and there are them. plenty of baseball fans. You know, maybe not in like a, a needle moving number, but there are plenty of baseball fans that buy the PlayStation platforms just to play MLB the Show because mm-hmm. it is the game. Yeah, and there the are game. at least 
20, 30 people on Switch that is, <laughs> love baseball as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, at least. Are dying for Mario to appear in this I game. Mean, already I had people on my timeline going, so does that mean we, we could get cross-play and maybe I could, you know, go from my... Go from my PS4 to my to my Switch. I'm like, well, this is Sony. Hold, let's, let's see. slow the roll there yeah. for yeah. a minute, one step at a time. But I hope so. I think we'll see. Go ask your mom. Hopefully, MLB yeah. mandates that too. Yeah. I mean, that that said, I think it's like it is. We are heading into pretty new territory with the way Xbox is handling their exclusives and yeah. putting some on on other on other consoles. You look yeah. at stuff like Minecraft. You look at like Ori coming to Switch. Yes. And a bunch of other Cuphead. games like that. Cuphead. Yeah. Um, and then PlayStation games like God of War being launchable on PC. PC via PlayStation it's, Now. It's getting a little bit more gray. It's it's still there are still going to be definitive console exclusives for each company. But uh, I do think that things are getting sh- they're starting to shake up a little I hope bit. so. And I, and I guess this will be the first time that the Sony logo has ever appeared on the screen on, on an, an Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. So weird. Sony That's San Diego. And and by the way, good for Sony San Diego too. They've oh, yeah. been making a great game for years. And not that not that they were in jeopardy whatsoever cuz actually year over year I always see uh, MLB the show charts seemingly higher and higher every March and April. Like yeah. it's it's it does it sells really well, but this is just an extra layer of job security for Absolutely. them. Absolutely, it yeah. really so that, you know. I mean, they're they're locked in for a while. This yeah. is just great news. Hey, you know what else is great news is the Yakuza series is coming to Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another PS4. It is. You should have me on Unlock to talk about come, that. Come on, speak yeah. the good word of Yakuza it's to another in, whole like, January, right? Come on, I'll have you on. Come on over. It's all the remastered. Right? That also has bats in it. You can use them to hit street thugs. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball is going across every yeah. platform. It's amazing. Guys, uh, you know what has a lot of bats? Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> Available right now on PlayStation Four. Batman. And, and I guess the Pro, but it's not. They didn't add any. Does it have bats, really? There's some bats. You see, but they're like a decoration. You don't really fight them, do you? It doesn't matter. There's like bats or bats. Like floor crows. You're a floor. Floor crows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Floor crows. Floor crows. Seven years ago. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, No, it's it is incredible news. It's exciting to see Sony, even if they were forced into, as we suspect, this move. Make this move and start at gunpoint. Which I mean, again, again, I'm not. And I'm not trying to suggest baseball bat shape. I'm not trying to suggest that Sony was like. Oh, fine, I no, guess. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, you know, it just, I'm just saying it probably wasn't their idea. Yes. But, yeah. but it's clearly, there. again, there's a big benefit for them. They're going to make a lot more money. It, it'll work out definitely well for them. And this doesn't mean that suddenly all, every PlayStation exclusive is going to be on every platform ever. Don't worry, I'm sure Herman wouldn't do that to us. But uh, we will... <laughs> My good friend Herman. Uh, we'll see a lot how that plays out starting in maybe 2021. It'll be yeah, a really interesting thing to follow. So there, you know, MLB, the show 20, will be out in March. Yes. Or it's usually March. Yeah, March think, 17th, 2020. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that game is almost done as we sit here if yeah. for all intents and purposes. So it will. the way they phrased it with the as early as leads me to think that they are aiming for Scarlet and PS5. I mean, of course, it'll be on PS5. But um, you know, if it if it works out that they just need more time, like I guess there's probably the option there to bump it to 2022. Yeah, it's just it's a brand new part of their production cycle that they've never had to factor in. So just yeah. I think setting the expectation. Hey, we're going to aim for it. If it doesn't yeah. work, I mean, they're they're going to be getting uh, Scarlet dev kits at yeah. San Diego and That's Switch kind of and Switch kits, and uh, yeah. they're I mean they're 
almost certainly going to have to staff up a little bit for this. They're yeah. Gonna, they're going to be yeah. hiring, I'm sure, yeah. to handle the additional uh, SKUs there. So. It'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out in the next couple of years and very exciting to see, I think, for everyone involved. Yeah, every every year around February or so, Ramon Russell, who's uh, the community designer, one of the gameplay designers from MLB The Show, comes in here, does his media tour, and he shows shows me the game. I always do a, do the coverage for IGN because love baseball, love the game. <laughs> and so, yeah, next year it's going to be like, hey, Ramon, Bring the Xbox version. Yeah. Let me see that. That'll be kind of crazy to see a PlayStation dev bring us an Xbox version yes. of the game. Uh, moving on from that one, wanted to bring up another story that broke late last night uh, via a box art cover, my favorite way news stories break, uh, which confirmed sort of the terms of FF7 Remake's uh, exclusiveness on PlayStation. Uh, we've known that it'll be exclusive when it launches on uh, PS4 next year in March, uh, because again... 2020 is kind of busy. Uh, however, the box art now has a very specific little button and a little piece of art that says PlayStation exclusive play first on PS4 uh, with a follow up small text message that says it will be a timed exclusive until March 3rd, 2021. So exactly one year. one full year of exclusivity, which not a bad deal. And wasn't there <laughs> another recent PlayStation exclusive that was the same thing? It was exactly one year. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel think. like I can't remember if it was. Ugh, I can't remember what it was. I think I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. And that was similar to uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, right? That was exclusive for like yeah, a year. Exactly one year. Yeah, yeah you're and right. they wouldn't yep. talk about it as if it was coming anywhere else, but they're like, yep, yep. And then eventually it came to other platforms. Seems to be the industry standard. Yes. 365 yeah. days. Yes. Yeah, stay mum until you have to talk about your game coming to other platforms. Uh, and last but not least, I just wanted to mention this. We didn't get to talk about it last week, but the PlayStation Plus free games for this month are Monster Energy Supercross. I believe I have the name of that game correct. And, uh, <laughs> and to say, that's how it's pronounced. Titanfall 2, which if you're enjoying Jedi Fallen Order or Apex Legends, play Titanfall 2. Uh, it has a single player full campaign, first person shooter made by Respawn. So much fun. It is, games. So it is easily, if not the best first person shooter campaign of this generation, it's it's top two or three yeah mm -hmm. it's phenomenal also the multiplayer is still tremendously popular and this is only going to help things so you'll have no shortage of people to connect with and play and beat up with robots and run on the wall stand by for titanfall <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's exciting to see so if you haven't played titanfall 2 definitely play that uh moving on from that though, wait, I did, wait 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 yeah, if oh. you've been playing lots of death stranding and you're looking for something a little faster pace monster energy supercross <laughs> if you like monster monster energy and bikes and yeah, jumps that's true dirt it is a Death Stranding prequel, if you think about it. Uh, it's a Strand game. <laughs> uh, the Strand genre continues to grow. Uh, moving on from that, though, I did want to talk about, speaking of Death Stranding, um, the various Game of the Year awards are now out at IGN. All of our platform awards, all of the genre awards, uh, art and craft awards. Uh, this year we had one unique award that was earned last week before all of the awards were given on Xbox. Uh, we had a bit of a different situation with that one, but we did award. We've changed how. Sorry, cracked. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've changed. How th I, I only bring that up to talk about how we've changed platform awards here. They used to be multi-platform games were included, and we often found we run into these weird cases where hey, a game wins for Game of the Year, but maybe it doesn't win on one of those platforms, or it wins both platforms, and then or, two And it's genre award. And, and a genre award. So then three other games maybe that could have gotten praise or attention that they deserved didn't. So we changed the awards this year. So PS4, Xbox, and Nintendo were all platform-exclusive games nominated for uh, 
game of the year. And that didn't mean every exclusive was nominated in the case with Xbox. We only nominated and thus by default won, though very deserving, Gears 5 won. Um, and then on our side of the fence, not everything won or was nominated, but Death Stranding was uh, nominated and won as best PS4 exclusive from the staff vote. Uh, PS, uh, Death Stranding also won the community fan vote, which we run alongside our nominations for community game of the year. Uh, and then game of the year on our end, which we all voted for as a staff, Control won. Uh, Control from Reverdy Games, uh, makers of Alan Wake, uh, which I hope is in the DLC coming up. One Control, uh, I've talked about that game ad nauseum on the show, so I won't go into too much of why I'm happy it won, but I did want to say congratulations to Remedy and the team there. Uh, well-deserved win. They, t- and- they tweeted out like a very heartwarming video of a bunch of them learning for the first time that they won, and it was really sweet. Yeah, it was yeah. a very moving video, and it was very great to see. And that's, I think, for me at least, and I don't want to speak for everyone here, one of the best things, you know, like it's so weird to always be like, what is the best thing of the year among all these varied games? But when you see devs who take so much pride and care in their work get to celebrate that, it can mean so much to see that. No, it's been, we, I think we knew from a couple of months ago that this was going to be a very fascinating year, divisive year, that there wasn't going to be a God of War, uh, but there were going to be a lot of sort of slightly smaller games that that kind of split the staff in a lot of ways. I mean, there are some people that really liked Control and some people that didn't really like Control. We had a lot of people on staff who really liked Death Stranding. I know the the sort of like outside looking in is that IGN hated it. Like we didn't. We almost gave that game a seven. It was right under that. If you watch our our spoiler cast and stuff like that, that was that was composed of people who really enjoyed a lot of things about that game and really championed for it. Um, for me, it was like ultimately between Resident Evil Two and Fallen Order, which I really enjoyed. Like it was just one of those years where I think Resident Evil Two and Control were in the lead, and then there was like five games under that that were pretty much tied. I think a lot yeah. of people also felt like weirdly hesitant for Resident Evil Two because it was it is technically a remake. Like there's a whole debate around that. Like can that get a like even though you know uh, what is it called the uh, the Lady Gaga movie with the Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Star, Star is Born. Star is Born. It's, that's a remake that's been done over twice and that still gets Oscars. It's like there's, yeah. no, there's no rule set here. We're kind of making it up as we go along. Well, I, I kind of did that. I did it in my, in my own head where I was like, Link's Awakening was like the most fun, most pure joy I had playing a video game this year. But I kind of tucked that to the side and was like, mm-hmm. pick something more original yeah, I mean, and, then I, and I picked Fallen Order which isn't really original it's like seven different yeah. of my favorite games <laughs> kit bashed together to make something new that's like the whole issue with video games is that they're they do so many different things that how do you sort of like how do you how do you comp- make them compete against each other yeah I, I actually don't know because I mean I, I noticed the Game Awards is, uh, doesn't uh, separate things in, in its own there's no like definitive best remake category or something but maybe if that's where we keep heading as an industry that that's going to be I mean, something that I, we might have to do i think it outright sucks that for whatever reason respawn kind of got snubbed across the board this year they dropped apex legends this year yeah correct that yeah. was, it, that it was won our best shooter so yes. it did win a major genre yeah. category yeah. from us but yeah. i mean you look at how many people are playing that and like the fact that they came out of nowhere with no marketing they were just like boop it's yeah. out here it is and then they've continued to support it uh, and then they also were like, oh, and here's the first good Star Wars game we've had in, you know, quite some time, story-wise. And yeah. it was just both of those in one year, and for whatever reason, they kind of got... A- you know. Apex also got... I mean, they have they had a phenomenal year. Uh, Apex also got nominated for Best Ongoing Game, which is interesting because it's the newest of all the other games in that category. And so that How is that will... ongoing? It's been ongoing since two months into this year. <laughs> I mean, I guess... Like, I hate that... <laughs> I hate these categories. But, I mean, that's why we... 
have made big changes like this year, and we keep making. Changes. Are we talking about our categories or the game awards categories? Any right categories? Just because we, we were mentioning just the cat, like the, which the is snub. Which, which do you like better, action or action adventure? <laughs> I know. It's, what about adventure? I think what's really it's important bizarre, though but... is that how video games bring us all together, yes. <laughs> and that we never we never fight. Game of the Year is a, is a celebration that everyone always agrees on every part of. Yeah, I thought you were talking from us to the audience, everything. Yeah, I think you it's mentioned just really nice that we're all on the same. You mentioned uh, respawn kind of getting snubbed and the. The, the, a big thing online is uh, people are frustrated that Jedi Fallen Order uh, missed. There's a, there's a a cut a, a date cutoff for the Game Awards, mm-hmm. so it is not nominated for the Game Awards Game of the Year. But uh, going back to last year and the the cutoff, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is for this year, even right. though it came out in 2018. So I actually wanna, so it's I, a, I read a weird thing about that. By the way, the Fallen Order thing was that apparently it was eligible this year. But where it landed was too late for anyone to have actually played it enough to nominate it. And so I think that game, in terms of the Keeleys, just falls through the cracks of time. Like, so I don't you, think it's going to be nominated next year. If you want your game to get snubbed by the, the Game Awards, you've got to release it in the middle of three weeks of November. Wow, that's almost <laughs> like a really popular time to release games. That kind of seems like an oversight. Maybe that's why they have the Oscars in, like, January. Mm-hmm. They used to be it's, at the end of February. It's tough. And they moved. It's yeah. a, there's definitely no, there's no smooth way for, for all of this to go down across every outlet and even with, yeah, with everybody. It's tough. I think, I think we need to do it like, like yearbook honorifics where it's like best dressed, coolest companion, <laughs> funnest BD noise. One. Well, BD1, BD1 yeah, for win sure. Yeah. Best jumping. Ooh. Not, uh, not Jedi Fallen Order. Control. I, I actually, yeah. when you get the double jump, it's like. That's pretty good. Uh, his jump is so again. awkward though at the beginning of that game. It's for a me. little awkward. Uh, anyway. Best <laughs> slides. That, oh, I hated the slides. They were well, my least name favorite Name a part better one. Uh, the Shoot ones at Jungle Gym. <laughs> Death Stranding had some good sliding. Get on that little hoverboard, go it's down true. the side of the hill. Yeah, better yeah it also had some good sliding when you didn't want it to. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> they get in the mud. Not the, not the psychic mud, the, the regular kind. The real mud. Uh, anyway, congratulations to Control for that win uh, and to Death Stranding for winning PS4 exclusive. Uh, obviously... It'll be a very interesting year to factor in co- new consoles next year and how that affects the vote then. Yeah. But uh, if you haven't checked out any of the winners, go check that out on IGN.com, on YouTube.com slash IGN. We have a bunch of videos, a bunch of stuff about all the winners. So much of the staff worked so, so hard on this. And in particular, I wanted to shout out uh, our cast member who can't be here right now, Lucy O'Brien, and uh, senior features editor John Ryan, unrelated despite the rhyming. They both worked so incredibly hard over the last couple of weeks on this project. It is like a herculean task to get everyone in this office to do one thing together let alone the most important thing of the year and we all um, wrote blurbs for the different stuff right yes yeah. Yeah, yeah you can check out all of our writing about all that stuff on uh the nominee and award-winning pages and yeah it just it is a full staff effort led by the two of them and it is such a huge huge investment that we all make and i hope you all enjoy it out there yeah um before we wrap up wanted to talk a bit about what we've all been playing as we head into the end of this year, especially now that Game Award uh, nominations are all over for us. And Max, I want to start with you because not a game that anyone could play at home just yet, but you got to play the yeah. game in preview. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot comes out uh, January 16th, 17th, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, I think it's easy to kind of glaze over. First of all, if you're not a Dragon Ball fan, understandable. But if, <laughs> if you are, uh, there are a lot, a lot of Dragon Ball games over the years. They get kind of churned out. There is a, I think I counted at one point and I... I might be wrong, but I want to say there are like there there are dozens. There are like I want to say there were seventy when we looked it up. Wow, oh my that could I could be wrong there, but there are a lot of they've been making them since the you know the mid eighties. So I smell a list. Yeah, 
Anyway, uh, no, it's, Don't tell it's exhausting how many there are. So it's kind of easy to be like, okay, another one, who cares? But in this case, it really feels like this is we're getting another licensed game that's actually not just squandering a license. Um, this is a full-scale action RPG that summarizes the entirety of Dragon Ball Z, which is like, I think it's 251 episodes in the anime. Which is the original anime, This right? is the second anime, technically. Z is... Dragon getting, Ball was yeah. first, so and then Z. Dragon Ball is kid Goku, Dragon Ball Z is adult Goku, and this is the entirety of Dragon Ball Z, which is kind of the fan favorite for the most part. And uh, and it's got you know it's got your typical you know guys with pointy hair screaming and shooting fireballs at each other. But what's really cool is that it also has sort of these open world ish areas to explore that are full of like familiar NPCs and like you know weird little side quests and like just a bunch of goofy stuff that kind of gets usually like left out of normal Dragon Ball games. It's also like it's funny as hell, um, and I got to play it with the um, the American voice actors, who a lot of people are very familiar with. Um, but it's it's kind of weird to be sort of churning through it and be like, I played the first three hours, I think, and it was um, it, it is a substantial kind of Dragon Ball RPG, which I, I, yeah, um, I don't know. It would be nice if I hope there are more people out there who are excited about it. The, the combat gets a please little bit wonky. <laughs> uh, please be excited. No, yeah, I, I wanted to ask about the combat because I've heard it be told as it's like inspired by the Dragon Ball Z fighting games that are out there. Is yeah. it or is no, it? I would, I would say it's similar. It's kind of in a 3D space. But what's cool is that they kind of like a lot of the Dragon Ball games have been, you know, the obvious correlation is like, let's make a fighting game. And generally, because it was always a licensed game, it's kind of a subpar fighting game. And there have been a few good ones in there. Uh, and I, th- I want to say it was around uh, PS2 GameCube era when Dragon Ball was first kind of getting popular stateside that they were like, let's, and it was, they made, they made Budokai, which was a sort of 3D fighting game, which was not really up to snuff as a proper fighting game, but was popular nonetheless with fans. Uh, and then last year or year before, I can't even remember. Year before, I think. We got Dragon Ball Fighters, which was um, Arc System Works, the guilty, was it guilty? Blaze Blue. Um, the Blaze Blue, yeah, Blaze Blue devs <laughs> doing a, like a dedicated Dragon Ball fighting game, which kind of ate Marvel vs. Capcom's lunch as sort of a 3v3 um, combo-based fighting game. And it's it was weird to be like, oh, okay, so that's like a legit, really competent, solid Dragon Ball Z game that tackles the fighting side of it. And this feels like kind of a logical follow-up to that. And then like, okay, here's for the nerds who like the story. Um, so I'm really excited about it. This is definitely, um, it's going to be fun because it's also like the first big game of the year. Um, I have, yeah, it- I I have no idea if it will make any sense if anybody jumps into it who doesn't already like Dragon Ball Z, but it's... Did it feel like, obviously as someone who knows the series very well, like, did it feel like it was a overview recap of all that story? Because you've told me, like, it dips into some of the weirder side episodes of the show as well, or did it feel like if you were maybe just going along with the pace of the story, you could get the hang of it? Um, I mean, if you've never been exposed to this stuff, Probably I, be a little I, I imagine it'd be a little bit confusing, but it yeah. is, like, it is presented sort of cinematically like there are you know cutscenes. there's kind of character introductions and there's like little bits of lore scattered around so it's kind of like like you find you know items and it gives you context i would say it, it gives more context than watching dragon ball z cold does <laughs> like to understand you know character backstories yeah. but uh the i would say like the combat is maybe the weakest part of it which is sort of a bummer mm. you know but it's it definitely the camera gets kind of tangled up sometimes when you're doing like crazy combos and stuff but it's it, I feel like it's structured more as an RPG, so yeah. it's got some like. I mean, honestly, it feels like a Yakuza game, but with Dragon Ball. So I'm extremely sounds into like that. up your yeah. alley. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited to talk about that game next year, especially to start the year. I 
am not nearly as knowledgeable knowledgeable about it as you, but I'm a big DBZ fan from when I was younger. So I can loan you the manga and you can get all cut up. I'll play the ma- I'll read yeah. the manga, play the manga. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, Max, you also had put down on the list here, you've been playing, is it Shadow of the Colossus? It is. Or is it I, another SOTC? I finally got a 4K TV. And so Ooh. I just was like, all right, let's put this through the paces. And I was like, you know, fiddling with the HDR and Shadow of the Colossus on the 65-inch television is like just stunning to look at. Uh, and I <laughs> I put that on, um, and RE2 is also very spooky, very very, uh, very creepy time. Have you beaten it? Uh, I beat RE2 with, um, with I did Claire's campaign and okay. kind of ducked out for Leon, so I'm jumping back into that because okay. I want to I fight that crocodile. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you also bought a 4K TV, yeah, correct? Yeah, uh, Max and I were both Black Friday shopping buddies, hmm. TV <laughs> shoppers. Um, I, yeah, I'd been, I had a, eight and a half year old Panasonic plasma, which had been serving me well, but it's just, I finally was like, I knew I wanted to get a 4k TV before the consoles next year. And I kind of thought I would wait till the 2020 TVs come out, which is usually in the early springtime. But I jumped on a, a, a black Friday deal that was for uh, the LG B nine, which is super well-regarded. It's an Great OLED. Droid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it is uh it's real impressive. It's yeah. just like it's so nice to have to have that now. Like I've been, uh, I, I couldn't wait till the next episode of The Mandalorian aired so I could watch it in 4K. Yep. And what was uh, the first game you took it for? A- uh, I did. I did fire up Gears Five. Okay, no, that's the perfect answer here on. on <laughs> no, podcast. that's, well, that's I, a stunning I, video. I was gonna yeah, guess Forza because those in 4K. I haven't actually uh, teed up Forza yet, but yeah, it's, Forza looks amazing. It's, I mean, it always looks amazing. Yeah, I played no, a bunch of true. Forza and I was like blown away, and I was like, and then I was like. I have an Xbox One S. I'm not even getting like the full effect here. <laughs> yeah, like I totally was like, "Whoa, this is incredible!" And I was like, "This is on." Mm, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. They, they dial it up even further on the yeah. X. But um, yeah, that's been fun. I I'm actually re-reviewing Halo: The Master Chief Collection right now. Again, not the right show for it, but um, I reviewed that five years ago, and they've it's come to put it. I mean, it's 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 a pretty incredible redemption story for that game. Uh, so I'm finishing up my review for that now. It's I've been having a blast with it, but uh, I've started The Outer Worlds to talk about a multi-platform okay. game, and I am playing. I put a, a overwhelming number of my points into conversation-based <laughs> skills, and I want to just be able to talk my way through anything yeah. as a sarcastic a-hole. That's <laughs> my that's, that's my good. plan that's, for that that's game. That's been my plan too. <laughs> that's your life plan. <laughs> yeah. But um, so yeah, I'm I'm. I'm Basically, uh, cosplaying as Brian Altano. Perfect. In the outer world. In space. Yeah. I want to know what it's like to did live. Did you make as... yourself real stupid? No, I did not go with the, the, the idiot route. Although it's, I, I, I only... heard it's a very fun way to play it's, the game. It's pretty good. You can just be like too stupid to like get in trouble in some parts. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing as a very cool space grandma how we've been describing her She's just very very athletic space grandma <laughs> um brian what have you been playing um speaking of uh redemption arcs i've been playing battlefront 2 yeah uh, obviously uh, very similar to the master chief collection where it launched and there was a bunch of chaos that ensued um <laughs> but that was de- it was developed by a, a, a team of people that have slowly added more and more free content to it and i like many other people have caught the star wars bug through mandalorian and you know episode nine coming and you were uh, a fan before yeah and then you decide to dip in first the time checking out yeah. star wars 
pretty, pretty cool. And, and they, they wow, weeded out a lot of the, <laughs> the microtransaction stuff's been kind of all that. Out, so right? essentially, that was there for like the first forty-eight hours of the game launch. It, it then they, I think they, they added some stuff like that later on, or they threatened to. I don't, I remember, I don't remember how the exact story is, but I know that like jumping in in 2019 for the first time first of all that game is incredibly cheap second of all it's got content from like seven different star wars movies it's getting stuff for rise of skywalker uh and they just launched the celebration edition which unlocks all of the cosmetic skins all of the extra stuff but new map which is the chicago convention center yeah that's right (laughs) which is huge and sprawling and terrifying uh and yeah, I really like that game. Um, I think that that game uh, has had a very sort of like vocal audience for the last few years. People have been really, really into it. It hasn't gotten a sequel. It hasn't gotten like any spinoffs or anything like that. But when that game first launched, it was sort of like it had a three-hour story DLC, and it was pretty good. And then had some multiplayer stuff, which was pretty good. But they've quietly kept pumping new content into it and made the made this like really fun star wars game so if you see it dirt cheap over christmas break or like if you know it it's you grab it for 10 bucks digitally or physically somewhere uh give it another chance because there's a lot of cool stuff in there it didn't ask for any of my money it still looks gorgeous too right despite being a few years old now yeah i jumped i jumped into a match that was basically like clone wars era and i'm fighting battle droids and uh Dooku and Maul showed up, and Dooku was wearing like some weird, like evening gown pajama skin that they patched <laughs> into the game at some point. And it was just a really good time. And I, I got like a ten kill streak on like an ATDP, and I'm like, hey man, this is this is fun. This is pretty I'm cool. This is here. Yeah. Did that get a PS4 Pro patch? I don't think it needed one because I think it launched capable of doing okay. all that. Stuff. That would make sense. Yeah, the original did not. Right. And so the original is like 2015, which is before the PS4 Pro. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about jumping back in just out of curiosity because yeah, between Mandalorian uh, and I've been playing a bunch of Jedi Fallen Order, I've like yeah, I want I want to see more Star Wars right now. And yeah, yeah I've I've been playing. I finished Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I beat it uh, 100% at everything except for two trophies because there was a bug in my game. Oh, but they are patching it tomorrow. They actually announced today. I've been checking the their like uh, Twitter accounts and everything daily. Uh, I had a thing where the bounty hunters never appeared for me. Oh, ever. Oh, yeah. And so there are two trophies that prevent you from unlocking. I have 100% of the map. I've found everything. Oh, I think I got that achievement on Xbox because it's it's uh, it's like be abducted by each each yeah, one, each of the I think three. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's interesting because the, the bounty hunter fights were like really fun. Yeah, I've heard they're great and I've been around every single planet for hours and there was, I think it was over Thanksgiving break, I just, for two hours, I like found spawn points online where they were supposed to be and I just kept refreshing and like resting and going back and forth to each one for two hours and was like, what is going on with these bounty hunters? And then looked online and was like, people were, yeah, they'd Aww. never show up in our game. On the plus side though, you got all the ponchos. I did. Which, which is your bo- favorite? The red one. There's like a red and brown one, I guess. I don't know. There were too many ponchos. I actually never wore them. I I didn't (laughs) for 75% of the game. And then my girlfriend and I, who was watching with me as I played, was just like, let's just see what one of them looks like. And we found one we liked. But yeah, the ponchos are not great. Um, I've been like half of it with like the pink one on. And my wife came in and she's like, why why is he wearing that? And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. Let me fix that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, apparently that stuff was added pretty late in development. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, the ponchos are not great, but it's a small like nitpick in a game that I really enjoyed. And yep. I've also been playing, uh, Arise, which came out, uh, last oh, I week. I play think. that. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. It's a like 10 chapter, uh, indie game that was shown in the last state of play. Not the one that just aired, but the one before that. Uh, and basically you're playing through, 
the memories of a man's life. He's died and is in sort of a limbo, and each level is a different memory in his life. Uh, it has a rewind, fast-forward time mechanic, so basically you're going through a memory. It can take place over the course of a day, an hour. Uh, there's a level where you play through a... Uh, what is it called? Why can't earthquake? And it's a 11 second long time loop that you just have to keep going back and forth mm. as you go through a level. Um, it starts out pretty simply. Uh, some of the jumping, getting the hang of it is a little tough, but once you get to play with more of the time looping mechanics and you get the ability to slow down time, uh, that's key to some of the platforming. It gets to be a little more intricate and a lot more fun and it keeps throwing new things at you in each level. So even when I was maybe frustrated at a point, the next challenge would be totally different. So it was a little mm. more fun to play that. I played a bit of that. I jumped into that immediately after Fallen Order, which was a terrible idea oh, because it's yeah. sort of like breathy and floaty and not you're not killing giant spiders with a laser sword very yeah. fast. Um, but it's it's got sort of almost like a cute God of War look to it, but it's like, I feel like, like Braid and um, Fez kind of like mechanics yeah it's like cutesy god of war but yeah you're like a sad old man who's trying to go get some stuff done but you can do like rotating stuff and (laughs) aren't we all yeah um yeah it's really cool i haven't finished it so i don't know if sort of the emotional resonance stays there throughout but i I really like the tone and the even though he's dead there is a bit of an optimism to the game um in the way that it tackles the idea of memory and reflecting on your life and things like that so uh definitely enjoying that if you've been playing it at home let me know uh definitely a smaller one for our audience but excited to hear what people are thinking about that um but other than that before we wrap up uh did want to do a couple brief memory cards as i mentioned since we're short on time brian give me a memory card jingle da 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 memory card crunch Uh, memory card is our weekly that's not a normal thing we do on the no. show by the way uh, memory card is our <laughs> weekly topic here on the show where we read your memories that you write into us of your playstation gaming life whether they're funny sad weird happy whatever we read them on the show you can write into beyond at ign.com with the subject line memory card and we'll read a few each week i'm gonna read that one do they have an eight megabyte limit <laughs> thankfully they're only text so they have quite a bit of space uh i wanted to read that one from youtube i promised to read which was uh from Psycho... Psych, Mantis? Uh, He's reading our memory Psycho cards? Psycho Mantis <laughs> is reading our memory cards. Uh, from YouTube, uh, on the youtube.com slash Beyond. Please subscribe. Uh, wrote in the comment after uh, they mentioned all of their favorite games, where they said Spider-Man and God of War were the favorites for PS4. Uh, the 2018 combo platter. I'm cheating on this one because 2018 is the year I lost my home. The house was deteriorating from a leaking roof in the other room and was creeping up on my room. I could afford the monthly payment, but I could not afford or save for the roof repair. And I was always turned down for loans or financing. So I moved back in with my parents on their couch into their two-bedroom house. And my brother was cool enough to let me set up my TV and PS4 in his room. So I got to keep playing and finish God of War and then move on to Spider-Man when it came up. It made what should have been a year of spirit-crushing defeat into one of my best years. Uh, so I'm glad those games were able to be a bright spot for you in those tough years. Uh, I want to do another that was sort of a combo of the topic from last week and uh, memory card. This is from Sam who wrote in to Beyond at IGN.com and Sam said, Hey Beyond crew, here are my fav- favorite PlayStation games by each generation. I wrote a little memory card for each. I love Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage for PS1. Good. My little brother, aunt, and I took turns playing it over the course of many sleepovers, and it was the first game I ever finished. Almost 20 years later, we had another sleepover when the remaster came out on PS4. 
I love Ratchet and Clank for PS2. When my dad, brother, and I bought a PS2 in 2004, it was a our first game for the system. But when my mom found out uh, what the T rating meant, we weren't allowed to play it anymore. For reference, I was seven at the time, my brother was five. But whenever my mom went on work trips, my dad would break out the game and the three of us would play together. I've been a Ratchet and Clank fan ever since. <laughs> the Last of Us is easily my PS3 choice because it's my favorite game of all time. I was turned off by the game's difficulty at first because I had never played anything close to survival horror before. But during a snow day, I was home alone and got sucked into the final five hours of the game. The giraffe scene was the first time a game ever made me cry, and the ending still stuns me. Lastly, Journey is my PS4 choice. I know it's a cheat, but the PS4 port was my first time playing it. It was a magical two-hour journey through life and death. It's the only other game to have ever made me cry, and I listen to its extremely moving soundtrack on a weekly basis. Uh, yeah, Austin Wintry soundtrack. I think we've talked about it on the show before. is just amazing. P.S. Thank you all for everything you do. I've been listening since my freshman year of high school, and I'm graduating from college in a week. The show has always been there for me. It's very special to me. Love you all, Sam. Uh, thank you to Sam and Psycho first, who wrote in for this week's uh, memory card segment. We have a bunch more to read, uh, and as we have a few episodes that we'll record before the end of the year, we'll definitely read some then. But if you want to send yours in still before the end of the year, please do beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card. But with that, that brings us to the end of Beyond, episode 621. Uh, remember, Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world. Uh, before we wrap up, does anyone have anything they'd like to plug, Brian? Uh, yeah. Did your, did your unfiltered go up yet? Uh, next week. Next week. Okay. Um, so Ryan and I uh, took turns interviewing Stig... Asmussen from uh, Jedi Fallen Order. He's the director of the game. He's worked on God of War games. He's worked on... uh, It's just an incredibly long pedigree of of stuff there. Uh, Just a fantastic dude. Knows his Star Wars stuff. And we did a show called Expert Mode where he and I just talked uh, like two bald, excitable men about (laughs) Star Wars and how the game came together and cool stuff they wanted to do and and cool moments. Uh, It's spoilery, so just a heads up, but uh, definitely check that out. I'm super proud of it. And then Ryan? Uh, Yeah, IGN Unfiltered. Thank you for teeing that up. That's that's sort of my little um, pet project here Mm. that I keep waiting for some higher up to cancel, but thankfully (laughs) it hasn't happened yet. But yeah, every month I sit down with a... It's kind of like an Inside the Actors studio, but for game developers. Uh, And whereas... Brian talked to Stig about sort of specific key design design decisions in Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, on Filtered, I talked to them about their whole life and career and sort of the, the, the strange parallels that end up getting drawn between the decisions that they made early in their career versus what leads them to where they are now. Uh, not spoilery in my case, so you can, you can watch <laughs> Unfiltered without any Jedi Fallen Order spoilers. But I've had uh, cool Sony people on too. I've had Ted Price on, Amy Hennig on. Uh, Jack Trenton on way back. So, yeah, it's just, you know, if you want to kind of hear more about, great. about the people behind the games, look up IGN Unfiltered and I would be grateful. Awesome. And Max? Uh, we should have some new Up at Noon stuff going up this weekend, I believe. Yes, maybe, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, we're clearly on top of that. Up at Noon you is the nonsense. Dragon Ball. I previewed Dragon Ball. I should have that up very shortly by the time this episode is up. Um, they gave us a very, very quick turnaround for that embargo, which was, I was like, it's going to show up in the, the Sony Direct or whatever, and then it just did. It did. Like, <laughs> All right, well, whatever. I guess I'm just going <laughs> to get it crunching on that one. Um, but yeah, no, just, I don't, I don't know. We're getting, getting ready all sorts of nonsense for the sort of holidays and yeah. Should be fun. And uh, for me, the thing that I would tout this week is just 
Please read all of the news coverage on IGN this week. Uh, myself, uh, Matt Cameron reporter, Jesse Wade, our homepage editor, and all of our writers. Uh, this is the busiest news week since convention season. Like, other than Gamescom and E3 week, I can't remember a busier week in the year uh, with everything going on. So please read it. Uh, there's a ton of great coverage from us going up for the Game Awards, for the Nintendo Indie World Showcase, for the uh, State of Play from earlier this week, all of that. Uh, it's so busy, in fact, that not until this moment did I just remember that on Monday they announced a new Bioshock game. That's how crazy this week is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened. They're bringing that back. Covered so, yeah. unlocked. Good. Thank you for that, Ryan. <laughs> that as a huge Bioshock fan, I feel like an idiot. But yeah, that happened on Monday, so go check out uh, my story on that. We actually spoke to the head of the new studio uh, as much as they would tell us about the new game, which is, quote, very early on, the early uh, end of the process. Yeah, so it's uh, got a ways to go. They're going to be working on it for several years, but it's a new internal developer at 2K. Get all that info on IGN, all that's there. Um, but other than all of that, thank you so much for listening or to watching the show. And as always, beyond. 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 Beyond.